the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott V. Black. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Thanks, brother. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. This is where we're living life like it matters. I want to thank you for joining us. You know, you have lots of things you can be doing with your time. There are so many time parasites out there. There are so many time wasters. There are so many things that want to steal our time and change our focus. And by the way, I also want to change your focus. But not for ill-gotten means, not for manipulative purposes, but because part of what I do uh, is I pull back the curtain. You know, part of the, the, the psychology of the human experience is that we have a lot of things going on at the unconscious level. We are unconscious creatures. And so... We go through life and there's so much stimuli. There's so many things going on. We got so much. Remember, I shared the figure a while ago. It's like three trillion or something bits of information each day. I don't know. It's some ungodly amount of information. Yeah. And so we're constantly scattered. Matter of fact, the enemy's number one weapon formed against us is confusion. If he can keep us confused, uh, then we're wobbly. Uh, Then we don't know what we're supposed to do. And the way we do that, is through words. I want you to think about that. Words are the building blocks for communication. And communication is the foundation for all relationships, both business and personal. Matter of fact, whenever I talk about communication, I always talk about two types. There's interpersonal and intrapersonal, right? Interpersonal is what you and I are doing right now. Well, I'm actually doing it. You're just listening, (laughs) right? Right? We talk to each other. A person A has a convo with person B, and there's back and forth. There's a stimulus and a response. That's called a transaction. That is interpersonal. That's what most of our training is. That's what Dale Carnegie and Toastmasters and all kinds of those organizations, they work on interpersonal communication. But might I suggest that the most important form of communication is one that we call intrapersonal, intrapersonal communication. And that is our self-talk. That is what you call thinking, right? When you're talking to yourself, self-talk, what do you think you're doing? You're thinking. When someone says they need to think about it, salespeople, that means they're going to go off by themselves and talk to themselves about what you want to sell them. And whenever I heard anybody say, I'd like to think about it and get back to you, I would say, well, undoubtedly, Mr. Client, Mrs. Client, you still have some questions, And nobody can answer those questions better than me because it's my product and I'm passionate about it. So what else can I tell you about this product slash service, right? 
And so today on Like It Matters Radio, I want to talk about words because words matter. The words that we put through our head all the time affect us. Uh, We call it epigenetics. I talk about it on this radio show on a regular basis. Dr. Caroline Leaf, uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton. And basically, Caroline Leaf says 87% of all diseases are psychosomatic. They begin with the words that we toss around our head over and over and over. Remember, we have 30 to 60,000 thoughts per day. 30 to 60,000 internal communications, intrapersonal communications. How many do you think you have with other people? You got my point? But we have 30 to 60,000 conversations with ourselves a day. And maybe, let's say, let's say maybe you have 100 interpersonal communication. Do you understand why intrapersonal communication is the most important? It is the filter. Yeah. I mean, even that guy understands, right? (laughs) You know, the words that we use and the words that we listen to and the words that we say over and over and over. You know what we believe? That's what we believe. And so today on Like It Matters Radio, let's talk about these words. Words have power. When we understand their meaning, words are nothing more than a whole bunch of letters uh, without the energy to back them up. See, we can understand their meaning and then use them appropriately. But if we don't, they're just a whole bunch of letters put together. You know, I was talking to John before we started, uh, and I was talking about my son, Beniah. And boy, he has always been multisyllabic. Even when he could, we couldn't understand him when he was just doing gibberish. They were multisyllabic gibberish. And he, one of his favorite things, he's seven years old going on 17, just so you know. One of the favorite things for him to say is literally, literally. He goes, literally. Now, he has no idea what that word means. And so whenever he says literally, I laugh out loud, no matter what's coming out of his mouth after that, I know it's going to be something inappropriate. It's not, it's not what the word means. But he's adorable because he's a little mini me because kids are always watching and kids are always listening. And he's got this game where he's studying. It's called Noah's uh, Noah's uh, Friends or Noah's Animals. Uh, and it's about Noah's Ark. And it's a cool game where you actually have to learn scripture. And he came up to me last night, and he hugged me. He was all huggy with me last night. It was weird. I mean, he's a huggy guy, but he's normally that way with his mom. And he said, Daddy, I love you so much. And it's because of you. And this is what he said. I mean, he's a seven going on 17. It's because of you that I know the Bible. It's because of you that you help me understand God's word, and it makes me so happy. Literally. No, he didn't say literally. I just threw that one in for you just to kind of bring it back to lightness. You know? Letters make up words. Words make up communication. And people throw around words just like my son Benaya does every day, but they're not seven years old. They're 80, they're 70, they're 60, they're 50, right? And people throw around words every day that they do not mean, are not committed to, or many times don't even understand the word they're using. The foundation for all relationships is communication. That's why we do the Damon Wayans piece all the time. You know, when he's behind bars and the, the flatulation, the stipulation, the conglomeration. We must internalize the flatulation of the matter by transmitting the effervescence of the Indonesian what? proximity in order to further segregate the crux of my venereal infection. Now, if I may retain my liquids here. Okay, terrific. <laughs> but that's funny. But it's true. 
That's what makes it so funny. And it was Dr. J. Vernon McGee, who's with the Lord now, but I love Dr. McGee. And he used to say it all the time, one of my favorite quotes, we're all talking the same language, but we're using different dictionaries. And people use words all the time. And to boot, not only do they not know what words mean, but a lot of words have multiple meanings. You know, we, we talk about this word success, and everybody wants to be successful. But, you know, that word success is anomalization. Anomalization is a word that falls in the category of the words called generalizations. And what makes anomalization anomalization is that you cannot put it in a wheelbarrow. In other words, they are self-defined. Words like love, words like success, words like happiness. And the problem is we've taken other words now and added them to these nominalizations where they get to be defined by the person. Words like racism and equity, uh, and equality, and fairness, and right-wing extremists, and uh, insurrectionist. You know, we start throwing words around that are inappropriate to use, and we redefine them. And uh, if you know anything about our government, they'll do bills all the time, and they'll put a name on a bill. Like, hey, keep grandma alive, Bill. But in it, it's basically cutting off all funding for anybody over 60 years old. And so if you were to be against the keep grandma alive bill, what? how low can you be? What people don't know is the keep grandma alive bill will actually wind up killing most elderly people. But hey, it's got a good name on it, right? <laughs> and so today, ladies and gentlemen, we realize that the government officials might get away with that, but we do it as well. And why does this matter? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Words change lives. The right word at the right time will change someone's life. And the wrong word at the right time, if someone allows it, will destroy them. And it is the words that we say to ourselves over and over and over that create the belief systems. And everything we do or do not do is driven by belief system. You see the chain of causation yet? The law of causality as it plays out. And so today, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about words. And I'm going to tell you right now, dictionary please, because we don't know what we're talking about. I'm black. We'll be right back. Don't mess with me when it comes to words. Nanu, nanu. Leadership Awakening impacts even the seasoned pros. Take a listen to these comments from Kevin, who recently attended Leadership Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings follow Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but I have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that 48 hours that we went through. What we went through was absolutely amazing, and I'd love to share it with as many people as I could. I kept being told on how intense this training was going to be, that it was going to be difficult, and I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows, I've walked on glass, I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. If you're ready to go to another level of awareness, go to likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Salmon fishing in Alaska, at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. 
catch up on the latest news and information affecting Minnesota's great outdoors with Outdoor News Radio on Freedom 1570. We talk hunting, fishing, and natural resources in the great state of Minnesota every Sunday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. Joining me, Rob Dreesline, our guests like bow hunting expert Tony Peterson, professional anglers like Tackle Terry Tuma and Tim Lesmeister, and nature gurus like the bird chick Sharon Saylor. Sundays at 8 a.m. on Freedom 1570. It's Outdoor News Radio. Take Freedom 1570 with you wherever you go by downloading our app. Listen to your favorite shows, see our social media posts, enter exclusive contests and more, all from the app. Just search for Freedom 1570 in the App Store. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. You ain't black. This man was alive when the KKK was burning crosses and killing black folks at random. At w- and he said nothing. That guy couldn't carry his blank strap. I watch my words very, very closely. <laughs> his blank strap, his blank strap. What kind of, what's the strap that comes to your blank? I don't know. I am black. You are back being under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, we're today we're talking about words. Words will lift you up. Words, words will tear you down. Put a smile in your heart or whatever the frown. I don't know how to the actual words. But that is what words do. The right word at the right time will change someone's life. And you need to know words. Uh, when I study the Bible, that's what I love about the Bible. you got all these different translations. Uh, but I go back to the original language, Hebrew, Aramaic. And because the English dictionary, uh, English language, I should say, uh, is very limited compared to Greek or Hebrew or even Aramaic, uh, there's not a word-for-word translation. Sometimes a Hebrew word or a Greek word or Aramaic word uh, is more of an idea or a thought or a a, a paragraph, you have to explain that one word. That's why there's so many different translations. And by the way, this is Holy Week. You know, we are celebrating uh, the the life, Amen. death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. It started uh, on Good Friday uh, when, uh, I'm sorry, it didn't start on Good Friday. How about Palm Sunday? Let me back it up on Palm Sunday. Uh, you know, what is it? Psalm 118. This is the day the Lord has created. I'll be happy and rejoice in it. That was when Jesus came riding on a, a, a young donkey, uh, and came into Jerusalem and everybody laid down their palm branches and said, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna highest. Right. And then of course, three days later, they were changed from Hosanna in the highest to crucify, crucify, right? You notice they were shouting words both times. They were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. You might want to know what that means. 
But then they were shouting, crucify, crucify, a couple days later. They're all shouting. They're all into it. They're all excited. One made him feel like a king. One made him feel like a criminal. Isn't that interesting? And since it is Holy Week, I want to share a poem with you because we're talking about words and how, you know, people don't know the meaning of words. I have a friend of mine, David, uh, and uh, he... You know he's uh, he's got one foot in 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 the Bible and one foot in the world, and so does his fiance. They don't need. They think I'm the one that's uh, too judgmental. But uh, uh, David would say, you know, I just don't like the blood. You know, he goes, oh, what's the deal with Christ? You know, all this Christian stuff, and he's cool with it because he was raised in the church. Uh, but I don't like this whole blood thing. See that word blood. To a non-believer, blood has one meaning. To a believer in the God of the Bible, has a different meaning. See, there's life in the blood. And so because our God is a great God, a holy God, a righteous God, uh, sin is not able to be in his presence. And so in order to cover sin, there needs to be blood paid. The price of sin is death. And so that's why the blood and what we celebrate is not the killing of animals or the shedding of blood. What we celebrate is that the perfect lamb shed his blood. So then we stand either before the bema seat of Christ uh, or, you know, on our last breath on this planet. If we've accepted that blood payment, then things have changed, which brings me to the poem I want to share with you. A paleontologist, mystic and Jesuit priest, Pierre Teilhard de Chardin, died on Easter Sunday, April 10th, 1955. And here's a great poem called Final Surrender. When my hour comes, O God, grant that I may recognize you under the species of each alien or hostile force that seems bent upon destroying or uprooting me. When the signs of age begin to mark my body, and still more when they touch my mind. When the ill that is to diminish me or carry me off strikes from within or is born within me. When the painful moment comes in which I suddenly awaken to the fact that I am ill or growing old. And above all, at the last moment when I feel I'm losing hold of myself and I'm absolutely passive within the hands of the great unknown forces that have formed me. In all those dark moments, O God, grant that it may understand that it is you, providing only my faith is strong enough, who are painfully parting the fibers of my being in order to penetrate to the very marrow of my substance that bear me away within yourself. Teach me to know my death as an act of communion with you. Now, isn't that powerful? Even the word death, I want you to think about that. Death. Now, most people say that's a terrible thing. But for those who believe that this is just a temporary world, for those who believe that this is just the minor's leagues, for those who believe that this pathway, this journey that we're on now in the flesh, just secures us our standing in the eternal. Death is not a negative thing. Now, the process of dying, not really interested in it. I'm just going to be honest with you. But to take my last breath on this planet, close my eyes, and then open them up in the presence of Jesus Christ, sign me up. You know, I always tell the story that my, my dad, when he was still alive, he was he had to have surgeries every six months because he had cancer through his prostate and through his rectum and all that area and affected. And so uh, near the end of his life, he was supposed to have another surgery. Some cancer had reestablished itself to get it cleared off. And my mom was in tears and said, well, they're not going to give dad surgery. I'm like, why not? I'm thinking, you know, he's too old. It's a waste of money. I'm thinking all that. And so, no, that wasn't the issue. The issue was they were afraid he wouldn't be woken up from anesthesia, that he, that he wouldn't be able to come out of the anesthesia. And so I said, okay, let me get this straight, Mom. 
So they're going to put dad under peacefully so he can go to sleep. Uh, and then he might not wake up. Hmm. Uh, I'll take his place. <laughs> My mom said, don't say that, son. But I was just kidding. But part of me was serious. You know, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty five says, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Right. And even Paul, uh, the greatest Christian who ever lived outside of Christ himself, Jesus himself, says, uh, For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I've been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whenever, whether I live or die. And then he says these powerful words, For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. Did you hear that? And dying is even better because he knew absent of body, present in Christ. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. See? It's powerful. I don't know if you ever study, and this is just about people. Move beyond the religion part. Those of you that have a problem with the religious aspect of this, you have a problem. Because I'm talking about words. And words in, used in religion uh, are so powerful because they cause people to take their own life, take other people's lives. And by the way, just so you know, I'm not a big fan of religion. Neither was Christ. I'm more interested in a relationship. Man, religion is man's attempt to be good enough for God. And I learned a long time ago, you can't be good enough for God. Only Christ is. So I accept the blood. So I don't know if you know, but Smyrna uh, is one of the seven churches. Uh, and uh, Polycarp was one of the first bishops of Church of Smyrna in the city of Asia Minor. By the way, today it's a place in Turkey. And this is an account of what happened uh, with Polycarp. I mean, Polycarp is famous for how he was slain, how he was killed. Uh, Polycarp uh, was an old man, uh, at least 86, and probably the last surviving person to have known an apostle, having been a disciple of John. This was one reason he was greatly revered as a teacher and church leader. Uh, and this is a story, I got a little snippet of, of how he died. So as Polycarp was being taken into uh, the arena, remember they used to put the Christians and have lions tear them apart. And then the Romans would, would enjoy that as festive watch. That was, that was a matinee. They would watch Christians being eaten alive. That's kind of where we're going in America. Because remember, the biggest threat uh, to um, a democracy, to Joe Biden, is white Christians, not Christians. Some of you, my black brothers and sisters, need to hear this. Why is he not threatened by people of color who are Christians? Only white Christians. Something to think about. But as Polycarp was being taken into the arena, a voice came to him from heaven. Be strong, Polycarp, and play the man. No one saw who had spoken but our brothers who were there, and they heard the voice. When the crowd heard that Polycarp had been captured, there was an uproar. The proconsul asked him whether he was Polycarp. On hearing that he was, he tried to persuade him to apostatize, saying, Have respect for your old age. Swear by the fortune of Caesar. Repent and say, Down with the atheists. Polycarp looked grimly at the wicked heathen multitude in the stadium and gestured to them. He said, Down with the atheists. Swear, urged the proconsul. Reproach Christ and I will set you free. Eighty-six years. What a great, talk about a word. This is what Polycarp said. Talk about a powerful word. Eighty-six years I have served him, and he has done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme my king and my savior? But this is what the proconsul said. I have wild animals here. I will throw you to them if you do not repent. You see the exchange of words? See the exchange of words? And then Polycarp said, call them. It is unthinkable for me to repent from what is good to turn to what is evil. I will be glad, though, to be changed from evil to righteousness. If you despise these animals, I will have you burned. You threaten me with fire, which burns for an hour, and then is extinguished, but I threaten you with... See, see this? Here's this guy who was actually eventually burned at the stake. 
And because the fire actually circled him, this is an eyewitness testimony, that the fire could not get him, that the fire went around him, arced around him, and they actually had to kill him because of his belief and because of the power of God. Now, this is not about religion. This is about the power of your words because there's a lot of suicide bombers in Palestine that believe that they're doing the right thing for the right reason, so they give their life. There are a lot of uh, people in the Muslim faith that are jihadist that kill tens of thousands of people yearly, and yet they think they're doing the good thing. This is why it matters. Words have meaning. And what's going on right now is we create meaning from the words that we listen to over and over and over and over. And so one thing, leaders, we got to be careful of is what do we allow in our experience? There's five ways to get in our experience. We see things, we hear things, we do things, experience things, we smell things, and we taste things, right? Auditory, visual, kinesthetic, olfactory, and gustatory. Every single memory you have is one of those. And what we have to do is be good stewards of our mind because the battles in the mind, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space, and in that space is our power. It is our freedom. I want to give people back their power, give it back their freedom. It doesn't come from government. It doesn't come from elected official. It comes from self-will. It comes from our God. The right word at the right time can change someone's life. And ladies and gentlemen, it's time we start controlling the words in between our stimulus and our response. I'm Black. We'll be right back. It's like when I think of dying. You know how I'd like to die? No, how? I'd like to get torn apart by wild animals. Come on, man. Take a listen to these words about Like It Matters Leadership Awakening from a recent attendee. Leadership Awakening is like nothing else. It's incomparable to any other training that I've been through, and that's executive professional communication training to, to how to hold a fork. It, the, the Leadership Awakening is a deep mental experience where I was forced to challenge my mind in a way that I've never been challenged before. And it's, there's nothing like it. There's, there's, there's no way to explain it with words. You have to experience it. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. It's not only changing lives, it's saving lives. That's likeitmatters.net slash schedule. In 1981, Heritage Christian Academy began with 13 students. Today, they celebrate God's faithfulness with 550 students in grades pre-K through 12. God has shown his provision for HCA for 40 years. Let me introduce one of God's faith-filled stories. Hi, my name is Tim. In 1989, we trusted this school to begin educating our kids. Nowadays, we trust it to educate our grandkids. I still coach here, and my wife now works here. Heritage has become much of the central fabric of our lives. We love this school for all the moments that happen when so many people invest in and commit to one another. Those moments build into real relationships, many of which last a lifetime. We love and appreciate the partnership Heritage has with parents. Heritage Christian Academy is very much together in the education of the children whom God has entrusted to them. For more information about Heritage Christian Academy in Maple Grove, visit heritageweb.org. Heritage Christian Academy, equipping minds, engaging hearts, and encountering Jesus Christ. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, 
At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. And don't forget the daily radio show, Like It Matters, at 11 a.m. on Freedom 1570. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. I'll use small words that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog-faced buffoon. Ouch, John. I am black, and I'm not a warthog-faced baboon. But I am your radio life caddy. Working to be a little bit better today than yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than today. We call that being under construction. Uh, God calls it sanctification. Uh, the corporate world calls it lean manufacturing, Six Sigma, Lean Sigma. Uh, in the training world, we call it leadership awakening. Uh, and you can go to likeitmatters.net to read about that. Uh, and I have one scholarship left. We got someone took us up on an offer. We had a two scholarships for the uh, Dallas class. That's next weekend. So a uh, generous sponsor uh, paid uh, for two spots. Uh, you only have to pay the hard cost, uh, the hotel and meals, and everything else is covered. So go to likeitmatters.net or email me at Mr. Black. Uh, Mr. Dot Black, I should say, MR period dot BLACK at likeitmatters.net. And today we're talking about the power of words and the way we now manipulate words and change the meanings. It was J. Vernon McGee who said that we're all speaking the same language, but we're using different dictionaries. And I love words, it's one of my giftings. Uh, I love to share words in a certain way, I love poetry. And uh, I'm sharing one of my favorite poems, but, you know, while General Douglas MacArthur was stationed in Australia and he was the supreme commander of Allied forces, he penned this prayer for his only son, Arthur. It says, um, build me a son, O Lord, who will be strong enough to know when he is weak and brave enough to face himself when he's afraid. One who will be proud and unbending and honest defeat and humble and gentle in victory. Build me a son whose wishes will not take the place of deeds, a son who will know thee, and that to know himself is the foundation stone of knowledge. Lead him, I pray, not in the path of ease and comfort, but under the stress and spur of difficulties and challenge. Here, let him learn to stand up in the storm. Here, let him learn compassion for those who fail. Build me a son whose heart will be clear, whose goal will be high, a son who will master himself before he seeks to master other men, one who will reach into the future, yet never forget the past. And after all these things add, I pray, enough of a sense of humor so that he may always be serious, yet never take himself too seriously. Give him humility so that he may always remember the simplicity of true greatness the open mind of true wisdom, and the weakness of true strength. Then I, his father, will dare to whisper, I have not lived in vain. See, if you don't know what these words mean, you probably tuned out. But if you know what these words mean, it should put goosebumps on your arms. It should put a tear in your eye. 
it should put a pause in your breathing. Because this is my desire. I want to be a conduit. So you don't even know what that word means unless you've listened to this radio show because most people don't know what a conduit is. A conduit is a pass-through agent. And so if you don't know what a word means, how can you be that word? And today, one of the things I'm going to give you to do, and we'll cover it in the next segment, is you need to define certain things for yourself. Because if not, the world will define you. And if you are a follower of the God of the Bible, the world's against you. And so the key is success. Now, we want to come to the end of our life and know that we're successful. You know, I share the thing I used to share in the insurance business. You know, before I came in this field uh, 30-some years ago, I was in the financial services field. Uh, and there was the uh, called the, the, the 100, uh, 25 people, uh, 100 people at 25 years old. And this was the stat we would use. If you took uh, 100 people, all 25 years old, and asked them in 40 years, at the, by the age of 65, you'd be successful. All of them said yes. But if you actually fast forward 40 years, something like it, again, my, the numbers are off. I haven't seen this for a long time. Something like 36 to 39 people are dead. So they don't even make it to 65. Of the remaining, one person is individually wealthy. I think three people are able to live the life that they want without dependence on someone else. But everybody else outside of those four people are either dead, dead broke, or dead dependent. They need someone else. Why? And then we'd say this powerful statement. People don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. And so that's why you've got to begin with the end in mind. And when your life's all said and done, what would be successful? How do you define success? Because if you don't define it, how do you know if you're on course or off course? How do you know if you're getting closer or getting further away? If you don't know what it looks like, sounds like, feels like, maybe even smells like and tastes like, how do you know if you're on the right path? One of my favorite definitions of success is in a, a quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. And he defines it this way. And I like his definition because some people think success is having a, a hot spouse or some people think success is having a big bank account or some people think success is getting that cush government job because you're set for the rest of your life with benefits and double time and a half and weekends, uh, all kinds of pay. You've got to figure out how do you define success? Winning. Because planes crash and people die. It's a fact of life. And unless you take your own life, you don't know when your last day is, but God has it pre-designed. Some people live to be 16. Some people get killed in the womb. Some people die as children. Some people in the older ages. Some people die by getting on planes. Some people die by flying forklifts. Some people die by salmonella. But it's appointed for man to die one time, and then comes the judgment. And if you don't know what the end's supposed to look like, sound like, and feel like, in other words, if it has not been defined, then you're destined to fail. Because people don't plan to fail. They failed to plan. So Ralph Waldo Emerson said success is to laugh often and love much. To win the respect of intelligent people and the affection of children. To earn the approbation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends. To appreciate beauty. To find the best in others. To leave the world a bit better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, or redeemed social condition. To know that even one life has breathed easier because you have lived. This is to truly have succeeded. And that doesn't happen by chance. And see, that word success is a domination. You cannot put success in a wheelbarrow. You can put a person in there. 
You can put a six-pack of beer. You can throw some cash in there. You can throw enough stuff for a good weekend, you know, (laughs) but you can't put success in there. And so you need to define words because if you don't define them, the world will define them for you. You know, love. If you love me, you do this. If you love me, you do that. That's typical relationships, how they break up. And what's happened is they haven't defined love. And then what I would do if I was counseling, I'd go to client A and say, what do you need to experience from that person to experience love? And then they express themselves. You know, there's something called the, uh, the, what, the love languages, five different ways that people define love. That's really what it is. Some are acts of service. Some are, are words of, of, of compliment. Some are some other things, right? There's, and all that's saying is uh, basically what Gary did is he defined how people define love. Think about the word vision. I have six words that I use that are foundation of everything. And the word vision, and I use it as one of my six words, means to see into the future, to see how the dots connect. But I also help people write mission vision statements. And when I use vision when in regards to a mission vision statement, it's a totally different word. It's left brain. It's a series of goals. It's stepping stones. It's rungs of the ladder from how do you get to where you're at now to where you want to be. The word set. The word set is one of the most defined words in the English dictionary, if not the most defined. It has over 400 uses. And I mean, today you can look at things called uh, uh, racism. Isn't that amazing? People have twisted that word racism. Keep it simple, soldier, right? The number one weapon formed against us is confusion. Racism, just like sexism, just like ageism, just like colorism. Don't you hear the ism? It means to use that as a determining factor. So if I like you or don't like you because of your skin color, I'm a racist. If I want to hire you or not hire you because your skin color, I'm a racist. See, that's what Joe Biden, when there's someone up for the Supreme Court, it has to be a black woman, of course, he didn't say, who's pro-choice and who is progressive. Not See, those are the hidden things he didn't say. Uh, that's the litmus test for Democrats. That's why I can't believe that any single Christian could ever be a Democrat, be if a true Christian. Because murder is against the Ten Commandments. But again, then you have to ask the question, when does life begin? But we just appointed someone to a lifetime position on the Supreme Court who's so supposedly one of the most educated people in the world who's never pondered the question of when does life begin? And all you got to do is Google it. You can look it up. It begins at conception. Is Google it. That's what follow the science, as they used to say. Follow the science. And she can't even define what a woman is, Right. And see, that's the trickery. Don't you see the play on words now? This is why this is so important. Why? Because people start believing this. So I just saw this, a couple of articles just to show you. Transgender woman's op-ed regretting sex assignment surgery. Right? So this woman, at 19 years old, uh, when she was 17, made the decision, but at 19 it happened, that she was going to get gender reassignment. That this she was a, a boy who wanted to become a girl. And she says the biggest mistake of her life biggest mistake she is now a medical patient for the rest of her life and she's encouraging people to stop don't do it but again you won't hear about it because it goes against the narrative the narrative is the words that people want you to believe uh linkedin right makes a mistake and boots a woman off of linkedin why because of hate speech what was her hate speech again this is why words matter here's what she posted i'm not responsible for your student debt i grew up in poverty in north carolina I ate from a garden. My name was on a community angel tree for Christmas. In other words, her father was in prison, if you don't know what that means. Bought 
clothes from yard sales, and if I was lucky, on a rare occasion, Sky City, I joined the Air Force, then went to college. I made it happen. See, that's now defined as hate speech. And how about this? NPR issues stunning mea culpa after claiming Hunter Biden laptop story was discredited by intelligence. What? It's amazing how we throw words around. And now we realize it showed how Joe Biden's been bought and paid for and how Hunter Biden's scamming money off people. How about this one? Uh, The numbers are finally out. And Ron DeSantis of Florida was 100% right. Florida beat the pants off New York and California in COVID response study. So, again, all the critics attacked all the conservatives, and now we're finding out as we look back and study the data that we were right, and the world and the government and Joe Biden was wrong. But words matter, and if you don't hear those words coming from media, you don't believe them. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about we need to get a dictionary. I'm Black. We'll be right back. Leadership Awakening impacts even the seasoned pros. Take a listen to these comments from Kevin, who recently attended Leadership Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings, followed Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but I have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that 48 hours that we went through. What we went through was absolutely amazing, and I'd love to share it with as many people as I could. I kept being told on how intense this training was going to be, that it was going to be difficult. And I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows. I've walked on glass. I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. If you're ready to go to another level of awareness, go to likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon, we're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. How long does it take to tackle a home project? With Angie, you could cross it off your list before this ad is over. Just tell us what you need, indoor or outdoor, repair or redesign, and we handle the rest sending a top pro to get it done you don't have to lift a finger except to tap the screen or click the mouse plus angie is free to use so bring us your next home project and we'll bring it home download the app or go to angie.com that's a-n-g-i.com to get started register now to take a journey that will impact you forever with dr sebastian gorka and dinesh d'souza for 10 life-changing days exploring over 40 historic sites in israel this november 30th through december 9th Sign up now at StandWithIsraelTour.com. Take a listen to this comparison of other training to Leadership Awakening. For probably two-thirds of my 30-year law enforcement career, I spent time in supervision and management. So I've been to a lot of leadership training. Been there, done that, got the T-shirt. I went to a leadership course in California where I worked, and it's an eight-month program. I went through that program. I went back later on as a facilitator, so I, I taught leadership. What we did in class was completely different than any other leadership program that I've been through. I mean, in 48 hours of leadership training in your program, it was just, it was dynamic. It was intense. It was powerful. You know, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening.
Look, Biden and his son are stone cold crooked, and you know it. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. Today, we're talking about words. Matter of fact, the title of today's show is Dictionary, Please. And if you miss any of this show or want to listen to any of the previous shows, just go to likeitmattersradio.com. Love to hear from you. You can email me at Mr. Black, M-R-B-L-A-C-K, at likeitmattersradio.com. And today, we're talking about the power of words because words are programming. We listen. What we listen to over and over is what we believe. And before break, I got a little late. Uh, uh, I got this article from uh, out of the Washington Post. Uh, so it's a liberal newspaper. Transgender woman's op-ed regretting sex reassignment surgery. And so I talked about it before. And this woman who, when she was 17 years old. This is a man. Uh, and she said that she said what I wish I'd known when I was 19 and had sex reassignment surgery. That was basically the topic. That was the sub headline. And her name's Corinna Cohn expressed regret over her transition from being a man to a woman, explaining she wasn't old enough to make such a drastic decision. It's just stunning. You know, we don't think 18 year old people are can be trusted with a gun, but we believe a six year old kid can tell uh, someone that he wants to be a boy or he, she wants to be a girl. You know what I'm saying? It's just crazy. It doesn't make sense. But if you say anything, then you're a freak. See, there's a wall that every single human being possesses, and the world knows this. It's called wanting to be liked. You don't want to be canceled. You don't want to be considered uncool or uncouth. And so you go along with the flow. It's called it's called tribe mentality, gang mentality. Uh, you see it all the time when people get together and gang, and all of a sudden people act out and get weird. January 6th, it was a peaceful presentation, protest for a fake election. And what happened was because of the mob mentality, some people got carried away. And again, there should be a price to pay. Just like Jesse Smollett should pay a price. You know, we used to be a nation of laws. And now we're a nation of laws depending on who's in power. And if the uh, liberals are in power, then if you're liberal, you don't pay a price. Just ask Jesse Smollett. He'll tell you. So anyways, this woman, Corinna Cohn, described her experience. Uh, she described how she experienced gender dysphoria as a teenager, as well as anxiety, depression. And she wasn't prepared for puberty or the strong sex drive typical of male teen. And so she said, from the day of my surgery, I became a medical patient and will remain one for the rest of my life. She also described how she had been. Listen, this is important because this is where I'm going with this. The whole reason I brought this article up for this piece right here, so pay attention. She also described how she had pushed her parents out of her life. So she pushed out uh, a ruling authority, people who loved her, before making the decision to have surgery. Leaving her, listen carefully, leaving her to only feel validated because we all want to be feel validated. That's one of our drives as a human being. Leaving her to only feel validated by people she met on the internet who were like-minded. Sound like the world we're living in? This was, what, 20 years ago? Now it's worse. She goes, quote, I shudder to think about how distorting today's social media is for confused teenagers. I'm also alarmed by how readily authority figures facilitate transition. She goes on to say, what advice would I pass on to young people seeking transition? The prospect of sex can be intimidating, but sex is he- essential in healthy relationships. Give it a chance before por- permanently altering your body, Cohn wrote. Most of all, she said, slow down. You may yet decide to make the change, but if you explore the world by inha- inha- inhabiting your body, that's interesting, inhabiting your body as it is, perhaps you'll find 
that you love it more than you thought possible. Come on, man. And by the way, the, the people who made comments, others accused the liberal paper of taking far right bigots. I mean, here's a woman who's a liberal. She's a transgender. This so she's one of them. And someone... And here's Ron DeSantis' press secretary said this. It takes real courage to put yourself out there like this. I'm shocked that Washington Post published a story because it goes against the narrative. What's the narrative? Remember I told you. The narrative is the same word said over and over and over. You don't know what the narrative is? Let me give you a picture of a narrative. So here's a lot of comments were like this. And this guy's name, Artie Kina, R2 Kina, wrote, Washington Post bravely publishes another op-ed by a bitter older trans woman. It's amazing when they don't agree with them, now they attack their own. They eat their own young. So by a bitter old trans woman taking the side of far-right bigots, banning affirming health care for trans youth, comparing it to fad diets. Quote, democracy dies in darkness, but trans kids die on the post-opinion page. Wow. <laughs> you hear those harsh words? They're going to shut you down. You can't say that. Isn't that stunning? That's just phenomenal. Why am all this up? Because in the last few minutes, I'm going to tell you the most important part of this. You've got to define this. See, if you don't define yourself, the world is going to define you. There are a lot of words out there that we have to define. Well, you're talking about love. What does that mean to you? Vision. What does that mean to you? Can you use it Set. to open a beer? Yeah. <laughs> Can you? What does set mean to you? You see, we've got to define these words. What does success mean to you? What does happiness mean to you? And we all are different creatures, and we all want to be liked. And so we have a tendency to let other people dictate our answers. But the problem is, I don't care if you share your bed with anybody else. We all have to sleep with ourselves. Put that one on. That's one of those powerful things I say. Most people don't get it. I don't care who you share your bed with, if anybody. We all have to sleep with ourselves. Why do you think we need pills and drinks and liquids and smoke to go to sleep? Why do you think we need pills and liquids and drinks, not smoke, to wake up? Because we don't like the company we keep in the quietness of our own head. Why? Because we have thirty to 60,000 thoughts per day. Why? I mean, what are thoughts? Thoughts are nothing more than words that we say over and over and over. Don't you see? I keep taking you through the chain of causality. See, this is how it all ties together. How it all works. And what's happening right now, we're being programmed by the world. We're being programmed by government. We're being manipulated. Again, look up mass formation. Google it. Look up Joseph Goebbels. Google it. He said, if you give me the press, because the press is the squawk box. It's talking all the time. Some of you listen to the news hours a day. And that's all programming going to your unconscious mind. It's all in there, and then it plays over and over and over. And if you watch CNN or MSNBC, the liberals, then what you realize is if you don't think uh, the crazy way that we're supposed to think today, there's something wrong with you. You're not likable. You should be canceled. You don't deserve freedom. You don't deserve anything. You're evil. You're a racist. You're a homophobe. You're a bigot. Don't you hear the powerful words they throw up? Why do you think you're not allowed to challenge the election? They can't even let this conversation go. And yet now we know that Zuckerberg paid half a billion dollars to alter the outcome of the election. He put Democrats and political operatives in election headquarters doing the job of electors, actually counting ballots. It was all set up. Read, uh, it's phenomenal if you just pay attention. 
Uh, and what you got to realize is that, man, this is real. But yet if you bring it up, you're shut down, you're banned. Why? Just like the Hunter Biden laptop. It was banned. The New York Post was banned, locked out. Why? Because they can't let these words get out there. Don't you see? There's a great movie I highly recommend. It's called Rigged. Uh, it's four ninety nine, and it basically shows how Mark Zuckerberg basically got the election to go for Joe Biden. Just read it. It's right there's a movie you can read about it. And by the way, just one week after that exposed, the CEO uh, was exposed. He made this uh, announcement that he would not be doing that for this election because now we know that the election was altered. That there were people in counting rooms that weren't supposed to be there. People, political operatives, that when they closed everything down at 10 o'clock and kicked everybody out and blocked the windows so you couldn't see, why do you think they do that? What's so secret about counting ballots? Why can't people watch that? But no one wants to talk about this. So they shut you down. You can't even say it. So ladies and gentlemen, you got to know that words matter. Why all this? You've got to define yourself. Don't let the world define you. And you've got to ask and answer these existential questions. Who am I? Because otherwise the world will define you. Why am I here? Otherwise the world's going to tell you why they think you're here. Why do I get up each day, do what I do, go home at night, and get up the next day and do it again and again and again? When I'm no longer on this planet, how do I want to be remembered? If I was to ask the person about you to give me five words to best describe you, what would you want those five words to be? And are you living those? And maybe this is a big up until now moment. Maybe you haven't considered these questions. This is Easter week. This is Holy Week, a time to reflect, a time to take a look at the meaning of life, to see our life is so valuable that God came down in the form of man and took a brutal beating, was slaughtered by his creatures, all so that we can spend eternity with God. That's something to reflect on. That's why it's Holy Week. It's not just Easter Sunday. It's not just Good Friday. It's just not Palm Sunday. There's actually eight days in it. We call it a week, but there's eight days because on the eighth day, those of us that believe got hope because when Jesus Christ said it is finished, the price had been paid. We'd been redeemed. Now, God defined us. Don't let the world define you. Define yourself. Who are you? Why are you here? What's your purpose? When you're no longer here, how are you going to be remembered? You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. Blank strap. Don't mess with me when it comes to words. I watch my words very, very closely. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 